0: welcome to the assembly of yahweh sermon podcast we're so glad you're here for more information you can visit hallelujah.org or download the aoy app on apple or google play shabbat shalom everyone it's a beautiful day outside and we're hoping you're feeling as blessed to be here as i am uh, if you don't know me my name's jordan mansager i'm married to my beautiful wife back there andy and we have two little girls parker and lou and uh, one little boy that's on the way so praise yahweh for that it's a humbling experience to, to have the opportunity of, uh, to be able to share a message with y'all today and an opportunity I don't take lightly. And I hope Yahweh is glorified through this message and uh, that he's able to share something uh, with you through me today. <clears throat> so for some reason, people have always found it a little hard to pronounce my last name. It's, uh, again, that's, that was Mansager. And I know it's a it's a hard name to pronounce or to read for some reason uh, for all my life it's been a, pronounced a lot of different ways and um, you know i've gotten uh, most common is man-sanger. Uh, Mansinger, man singer mansager, mansager Uh well, you get my drift uh, for the most part, you know, I let it slide you know I understand it. Uh, it's a little hard and a lot more. Most of them are understandable. <clears throat> but some have been less excusable than others. For instance, a little while back, I was speaking to somebody on the phone and he was wanting to deliver something to my house. And he says, Yeah, hi, Mr. Mansager. <laughs> oh. Mansager. Yeah, needless to say, I had to draw the line at that one. I, that one was unacceptable, a man Sager. <clears throat> I have a feeling I just gave myself a new nickname. <laughs> the mispronunciation of, of my last name, you know, is a, it's been a small, humbling experience through my life, and it reminds me that I must not that, be that big of a big shot if people don't even know how to say my name right. And that brings me to the topic uh, that I decided to speak today about, and and uh, I titled it "Humility: The Act of Being Humble." And this is something I'm no in in no way an expert in, and as I grow older, I realize that I have a harder and harder time with. Uh, and I think that's probably a common trend with most people. You know, as we grow into adulthood, and we start off as children, and and we're not very strong, and we're not very tall and we don't know how to do a whole lot and we don't know a whole lot about much so it's i don't i don't remember it as being too hard to be humble children are always asking for answers to their many questions and and asking for help for their many problems but as we grow we're able to do more and more and we start you know going through our awkward stage and then Boys start getting stronger and girls start getting prettier, and before too long, we all of a sudden know more than our parents, right? Well, not really, but this is a topic. Uh, it's it's a very big topic, and uh, very prevalent throughout scriptures, and uh, there's a lot of material in there. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if you heard a dozen scriptures uh, for the next couple months that we're all on this topic, and you might not have heard the same thing twice. But if you remember any of my past sermons, you'll remember that they're not the longest. Uh, I don't have the gift of gab. And I figure if I can't get my point across in under 20 minutes, then there's no way I'm going to get it across in 40. (laughs) So hang on, we're going to barrel through these high points and we're going to start off in Romans 12, verse 3, which says, For I say, through the grace given to me, To everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as Yahweh has dealt to each other a measure of faith. There's a message in there, and it relates to Matthew 18, when the apostles are discussing which one of them is the greatest, or will be the greatest, in heaven. In verse 1 of Matthew chapter 18, it says, At that time, the disciples came to Yahshua, saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Yahshua called to a little child, called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So we can see here, plain as day, the importance of humility. Yahshua says that unless you become his little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. We need to continue showing our dependence on Yahweh, even through adulthood and our elderly years, as his children, just like our children do to us. When you look around in the world today, it's kind of hard to find good examples of humility. Our president is far from humble. People in government in general aren't very humble. The social media influencers are generally anything but humble, and we can see, even see today that some of today's Christian, big Christian preachers have a hard time staying humble. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, we can read of a time such as this one. Now I'm going to read through it a little slowly, uh, and I want you to think about today's time and see if you can relate these characteristics to the people of today. We'll start in verse 1. Again, that's 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unrighteous, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of Yahweh, having a form of righteousness but denying its power. And then it says, from such people turn away. How many of these characteristics do we see prevalent in today's culture? And how many of those characteristics collide with the character of a humble person. I would say most do, and I'd say that this is the exact opposite of a humble society. Now, it's not hard to get a big head in today's world. You know, it's easy to get caught up in how many people are following you on social media, or the amount of likes you get for your posts, or how many retweets, or what kind of car you drive or house you live in, job you have, etc. It feeds the ego, makes us feel good that people like what we have or what we have to say or what we have to share. Generally speaking, there may not be anything wrong with that until the ego gets too big and we deprive Yahweh of the glory he's due. We can see it everywhere. Spoiled brats and entitled people are popping up left and right. And people like and admire these types of people. They have what they want. And then they get even more popular, and their fans copy their behavior. It's a vicious circle of pride, really. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24, it says, All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower fades, falls away, but the word of Yahweh endures forever." See, to Yahweh, us fleshly beings are as grass. This physical body and our belongings and everything physical is nothing more than a brief season of grass to Yahweh compared to what's awaiting us in the spiritual. That in itself is humbling, and it should remind us that this is all temporary. Nothing in this realm of this life should fill us with pride. In fact, Anything good we do receive, we don't receive it without Yahweh's blessing. In James chapter 1, verse 16, we read, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. <clears throat> Yahshua gave us a good example of how not to act in Matthew 23, when he was condemning the Pharisees. Again, Matthew 23, we can start in verse 1. It says, Yahshua spoke to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all of their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogue. Greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Master, Master. But you do not be called Master, for one is your teacher, the Messiah. And you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your Father, for one is your Father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Messiah. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. <clears throat> so we can see the Pharisees, had, the Pharisees had quite the ego. And they were prideful. And they expected to be treated like royalty. They sat in the best seats and wore the flashiest and fanciest sets of clothes. All the while not reason, realizing they were in the presence of real royalty, Yahshua. Yahshua tells us that we're all brethren. No one should be considered greater than another just because what they do in society or what they wear or the influences they hold. Because in the end, we're all just people, just blades of grass. Brethren who all have one teacher and one father. He also tells us that there's a reward coming for those that are humble, that they will be exalted so we should decide to make that choice now, to humble ourselves, rather than be humbled by Yahweh later. Too many times has pride crept through the doors of our assembly and to our, into our homes, and it's hurt the family of Yahweh and the ones we love. Oftentimes, that comes in the form of simply not being able to apologize. Pride. There's been too many assembly splits, and members of the body being cut off, or cutting themselves off, due to pride and lack of humility. And for the record, I I consider just one of these instances as being too many, as I would assume Yahweh would as well. Now, in no way am I a marriage expert, or consider myself even well experienced in that. Um, But Andy and I have had what I'd consider to be a successful marriage so far, Praise Yahweh for that. And uh, though I struggle with it, each and every time there's a tiff in our marriage, one thing, uh, there's been one thing that Yahweh's taught me, and that's the importance of apologizing, and often the importance of being the first one to apologize, or striving to be that person anyway. <clears throat> in fact, that's the one piece of, admir- of marriage advice that I've given my friends, um, before they got married, Uh, to learn to be comfortable with apologizing. It's important, both in marriage and in the family of Yahweh, to try to be the first, to seek the other person's side, their point of view, and actively listen when they're speaking, rather than thinking about how you're going to respond whenever they get done saying whatever they're saying and you're not listening to. The faster we do this, the faster it is to make amends and to continue in love. However, the slower we tend to drag this out, the more the hurt is inflicted and the more likely the wounds are to scar. In Philippians 2.1, we'll read, therefore, if there is any consolation in Yahshua, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of, of the spirit if any affer- affection of, and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not only for one's own interest, but also for the interests of others. Now here, Yahshua... We were given an example of Yahshua's humility in starting in verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Yahshua the Messiah, who being in the form of Elohim did not consider it robbery to be equal with Elohim, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the stake. Therefore, Yahweh also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Yahshua every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under under the earth that every tongue should confess that Yahshua the Messiah is sovereign to the glory of Yahweh the Father. So you might be saying, well, Jordan, I don't have a problem with being prideful. As a matter of fact, I'm the best at being the most most humble person I know. But, however, I do have a friend, this one friend that could use some help being more humble. What do the scriptures say? That they can do to improve myself, I mean themselves. It's been said that humility is not thinking less of yourself but rather thinking of yourself less. And I would add thinking of Yahweh and others more and putting their importance above your own importance. We as believers always need to be looking for the opportunity to give Yahweh the praise and glory and think about And think less about how important we are or might be. John had a great way of putting it in John chapter 3, starting in verse 27. It reads, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourself bear me witness that I said I am not the Messiah, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this time, therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. And there's the key right there. He must increase, and I must decrease. Yahshua's priorities and his will. And his goals must become ours. His works must be done and apparent through us to be able to give him the increase. We must decrease our own self-interest and instead promote Yahshua's. <clears throat> in Peter chapter 1 Peter chapter 5, we're given some more instruction on how to become more humble. We'll start in verse 5, which... Reads, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For Yahweh resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of Yahweh, and he will exalt you in due time, casting your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be, zo- be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour resist him steadfast in faith knowing that the same suffering sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world but may the elohim of all grace who is called to us called us to his eternal glory by Yash the messiah after you have suffered a while perfect establish perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you, excuse me. To him be the glory and the dominion forever. So to summarize that, we have submit yourselves, be clothed with humility, um, cast your cares upon Yahweh, and give him the glory. Now, I know this may not have been a new topic for most of you or any new concepts, perhaps, but I think that it's necessary to keep this in the forefront of our minds. The Bible is full of scriptures which direct us to giving Yahweh the glory that He's due. I'd say that it's really one of the core requirements of a believer to do so. And when we rob Yahweh of the glory, we're automatically giving it to someone else. Even if in ignorance, somewhere it's not deserved. So to recap on the things that we recognized in this talk, we went over the need to be as humble as a child, not to look to the world for a role model of humility, but rather to Yahshua as the perfect example. We went over the futility and pride in ourselves and in the physical world. Every good thing comes from Yahweh, whom we need to give the glory, because nobody likes a glory hog. Don't be a glory hog. The need to humble yourself in the assembly and in your marriage for a successful relationship and oneness. And the need to increase our Messiah's interests and d- decrease our own. So in closing, let us encourage each other in this goal of humility. <clears throat> in Colossians 3:12, which we actually read earlier, it reads, Therefore, as the elect of Yahweh, Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Messiah forgave you, so you must also do. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of Yahweh rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Messiah dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to Yahweh. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Yahshua the Messiah, giving thanks to Yahweh the Father through him. Praise Yahweh.